Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Hope you're having a great summer so far. And I wanted to also, in, along with Seth, say happy 4th of July, happy Independence Day for all of us. Is anybody not an American in here? Everyone is a U.S. citizen. Terrific. We have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. We really do. I know that there are a rising number of people that are very ungrateful about this country, even hating it. But um, I just am here to tell you, we have a lot to be thankful for. And I know that you know that as well. I have lived in other countries. I've visited a lot more than that, dozens of countries. Sometimes I've stayed a week or a month or whatever when I used to travel a lot. And there is, um, even in the midst of all the difficulties, problems that have happened in America and the wrongs that have happened here, this is not uh, the kingdom of God, right? The U.S. is not the kingdom. It's a, it's a nation. Uh, but in, in the midst of that, uh, much more good has happened than bad by way, by a, a large margin. And uh, I'm so grateful. Uh, so many injustices, yes, have been done. I think slavery being one of the, the worst, the greatest injustices, I should say, along with abortion, uh, certainly, there's been some corruption along the way, and you know when you're dealing with people who don't know God uh, in government, there's going to be a, there's going to be problems, and so we've we've had a lot of that. But we've also, like you know, you know, slavery for one has been around the world in every nation for thousands of years. Uh, it wasn't didn't start here. Unfortunately, it was propagated here, and. Um, Though at the same time, we lost 600,000 lives fighting to abolish slavery. I'm so grateful that that took place, uh, even though that's a huge loss of life. So we, again, have so much to be thankful for. I just want to mention a couple more things about our nation today here as we, as I dive in here, I'm going to talk about two or three different things, uh, Lord willing, and jump around a little bit. Um, some studies, as Seth was just talking about giving, um, if I've, I've been a student of history for a long time, and you know, as I have read, as well as experienced in, in travels and living other places, you know, I've seen also that America and the citizens of this country are the most generous people in the world. Even today, you can look that up online, Americans are the most generous people on the planet. And our nation is the most generous nation on the planet, giving to other nations and helping other people. I think of the wars that um, America has gotten involved with that we have stopped, I think particularly in World War II to stop the spread of what Hitler was doing, world domination, all of those things. So much has happened in the cause of religious freedom to the ability for us to meet here this morning, to be able to worship loudly with all of our hearts, to be able to share scriptures and talk about God is this freedom that is, you know, three billion people in the world right now, that's illegal to do. 
You may be tortured, thrown in prison, all of those things, not the case here. Incredible freedom that we have opportunity. My grandma and then my great-grandparents, other than her, all came to this country as immigrants, uh, seeking a life where they weren't starving to death from other countries, seeking a place for opportunity and freedom to whether it's start a business or find a job, and that is happening all the time still. People have flooded here from socialistic and communist governments, governments with poverty. I've traveled throughout much of Africa, and I'm telling you what, about every African I've ever met would love to be here, Uh, as well as many people in Asia and other parts of the world We have so much to be thankful for, along with recognizing, yeah, there have been a lot of problems, been a lot of faults, and um, but the progression has been good in so many ways, some ways not so good. I think of this too, that you know what the the motto is of the United States of America? We have a national motto. It's on our money. In God we trust. That's the national motto of the nation. How about that? That's never happened before. That the national motto of a nation is in God we trust. And then in Psalm 33, verse 12, I think, says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And America has been blessed more than any other nation in the history of the world. Even in the midst of the wrongdoings and all those things. Pretty amazing. Um, I'd encourage you, if you have never watched this, I watch it. I watched it many times. Um, it's an HBO series, miniseries on John Adams. If you haven't seen that, I encourage you to go watch it. It is so well done, beautifully acted, and shares some of the early history that led to really the Revolutionary War and then beyond and the establishment of our nation, the writing of the Declaration of Independence, and, and on from there. It's just, it's, it's powerful and so grateful. And, you know, as people within our nation, our nation veers away from God, there's consequences of that. We become like other nations. Uh, that don't have that blessing from the God, from the Lord. And we, boy, we want that. So there's area for us to pray toward. I've shared this before, but uh, I thought it would be good just to mention again, this broadcast, I'd say this speaking, will be broadcast through all all the Middle East uh, in Persian. So it will be translated. uh, These words will edit it and be translated. We'll go throughout all of Iran and then the rest of the Middle East and actually will be in, in Europe as well. And the head of the broadcasting television network uh, is a man, I went flew to Texas and met with him before we started doing this, and he told me his story. His story basically was he grew up in Iran as a devout Muslim and hated America, absolutely hated America. He, he had all kind of anger, animosity, and then he moved to America, which that's always find those things interesting, right? But he came with his hatred as well. And as he was here, he's telling me this firsthand. He said, um, you know, first of all, before he said, I left Iran, I was demonstrating anti-America, burning effigies and all of these things. I I said, I came to this country, I'm still hating it. And he said, "Um, but I got a job here. And one day I saw an ambulance go by the front of the building that I was working in. So he said, I turned to someone and said, man, I wonder what important person must be injured right now. Who do you think it might be? And the person looked at him and said, what are you talking about? He said, to send an ambulance. It must be maybe it's a politician or 
the governor of, you lived in California at that time, California? He said, no, every person in America can have an ambulance come for them. He said, what? Because in Iran, the value of life is not the same for everybody and many other nations, right? So only certain people would get an ambulance actually to come help them. And he was shocked and he told me that was the first like awakening on the inside of him that something had to do with Christianity, had to do with the value of life. And that started a process in him of actually coming to Jesus and getting saved. And now he's, he's really like the Billy Graham of the Middle East. But it started with that. And the value of life is incredible. And even in our declaration, the equality in there of all people being equal, pretty amazing. So thank you, Lord, for this nation and thank you for what this represents, and may we, as a nation, always honor you, Lord. Help us, God. Help us, Lord, to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I want to switch gears a little bit. We'll change into three different gears today. But I want to, I wasn't able to be here last week in person to share with you about the building. So for those who are newer or new and you don't know about this, Um, we were able to purchase a new building. And so I want to talk a little bit about that journey and story a little bit because I wasn't able to leading up to it very much. It was actually in our contract that I couldn't talk about the sales price. And uh, if you actually, if you read the paper in the last week or so, they've had two different articles on it. You saw what we purchased it for. And um, it was just recently appraised at $4.5 million, but we purchased it for $1.3 million, which is $17 a square foot, by the way, on a nine and a half acre piece. Yeah, thank you, Lord, which is pretty incredible. Um, And I want to tell you a little bit of the story about it as an encouragement to you and really bragging on God for what he has done for us. Uh, The Lord has had us in mind for this place, I believe, for a very, very long time. And I think it was probably built for us. Uh, That's how the Lord does things. But Um, I've also realized that some of the things in life that are really important and valuable uh, are obtained through great difficulty. Some of the best things are the most difficult to get a hold of, right? And I think of some of the highest things in our lives, like marriage is not easy to maintain. Sometimes it's really hard to even get there, and then all the way through it can be difficult, but it's worth it because it has such high value. So it's worth all the difficulty. Now, the difficulties that we go through are very small and that I've been through are very small compared to what others have been through. I was reminded of Paul. Let me read a couple of lines from the Apostle Paul. He said, five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. I haven't had any of those. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. And that's not marijuana. Nothing to do with that. (laughs) Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have spent adrift on the sea. Many times on journeys exposed to danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own countrymen, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger on the sea, danger among those posing as believers. He went through a lot of things. I've not been through any of those kind of things. But I have had some difficulties here that I want to share some of the story to to encourage you here, 10 years ago, we were meeting uh, in a school. Some of you used to attend here then as well. We met in a school for eight years, set up teardown in a gymnasium. We really wanted to have our own place. 
And around 2011, started looking um, real seriously at finding a place that we could not just meet in on Sunday mornings, but we could use throughout the week. Uh, we could set up and not have to tear it down. And so uh, I looked at this place in Renolda Commons that was a former peak gym. If you know this property, it's the property we just bought. On the far end of it is a space, about 12,000 square feet. Tried to rent that. The owner would not work with us at all and really did not want a church in there, so refused to rent to us. So we didn't rent there. We rented this instead, and we built this out. So that was 10 years ago. And then last year, um, we were really feeling like it's time not only to, we have our own place here, but it's, we're leasing it. But we wanted to own our own place. And so as we prayed, looked around, and had been doing that for years actually, in May of 2020, in right in the middle of the height of COVID, we started to really look seriously at the Renolda Commons property. Uh, was, they were asking just under 4 million, 3.9 million for it. Uh, we couldn't afford that, but we ended up putting a offer in, which was accepted verbally. And they said, it's, it's yours. We went through the process for a couple months of going back and forth. Finally, they said, it's yours. And so we waited for the contract to come over. It never came over. A week later, they sold it to someone else, which was not nice to do. So they were disappointed. It's like, oh my, you got to be kidding me. They told us it was ours and then they, they sold to someone else. Not one word, so wouldn't return any phone calls. And so I had this feeling in my spirit is like, you know what? If this is God, it's going to come back around. So we just kind of waited, looked around other places, but not seriously pursued anything. And then in September last year, uh, they called us and said, hey, um, that didn't work out with the other people we were going to sell it to. Uh, could you give us a new offer if you're still interested? No apologies, but anyway. <laughs> so we did. And that was September. There's two owners of that facility, and we went back and forth trying to get everything worked out. The contract wasn't given to us until late February. Months and months of negotiations and all kind of stuff. I'm not going to go through all the details. Um, just, you could tell, there's like, um, just some friction and difficulty in obtaining this land. Part of the reason was because of the bar, what they call a bargain sale, which is the 1.3 million offer that we made. And one reason why they decided to go ahead and do that is that as a 501c3 church, we could give them a gift receipt for the difference between the appraised value and what we paid for. So that's a benefit to them as a business as well. So that was, that was part of it. All legal, perfectly right to do. And so in February, we had a contract. And then in March, I mentioned it to all of you. And our lenders said, you know, we need to raise some cash here in addition to what you have uh, to sustain you throughout, but also to do some of the outside upfits. I started sharing that with you. And man, just so amazed at your generosity. Um, the first time I shared it, I walked off the stage and one person came up to me and said, I'm giving $100,000. So that happened. And then another couple hundred thousand came in from all of you. And I've been so blown away just uh, watching your generosity, your giving, your digging deep, your giving sacrificially toward this so that we were in a great position 
by the time that we closed here. So thank you for, for that. And then when it was time to, to close, it was a little bit of a fiasco still with our lender, who was our partner. And they, I felt like they became our adversary at the very end, the last week, which is, I can't, I'm not going to again go through any of those things. Uh, but it was not easy. Our closing date of June 15th came and went. We extended it two days to June 17th. That came and went. Uh, supposed to be the 18th. That was Friday. That also came and went. And they had not released the funds. Everything had been done. Everything had been done. And it wasn't till that following Monday, June 21st, that the funds were released and it was a done deal. Wow, I was like, come on. Why? This should not have been this difficult. But it was. And it was done. And I had to really give it over to the Lord because I was frustrated and uh, wanted to just felt like, you know, there was some mistreatment involved, but the Lord helped out. Thank you, God, for doing that. So um, just to give you an idea, too, I believe on the value of what God has, has given to us. Uh, if you guys are familiar with the Clemens area, the Tanglewood Shopping Center, that's right across from Tanglewood. It's got a, a Harris Teeter in there and several shops, a good Thai place. Um, that just sold a few months ago. And it is almost to the square foot the same size as what we just bought. And the acreage is almost identical. It's virtually an identical property as far as size. It just sold for 15 million. So thank you, Lord. Now, they, it's full of tenants, so the value's higher for sure. But what we have, I think, has incredible value. We bought it at $17 a square foot. Even if we put $3 million into it, that would be basically $58 a square foot that we would have a, a fully updated nine and a half acre, 73,000 square foot facility that you can't build right now for under $200 a square foot. So we are way, way uh, under what the Lord has done for us in this is really pretty, pretty mind blowing. And I'm so grateful, but let me also share some of the, what I would say, some of the things I believe the Lord wants to do and has done prophetically to get us to this point, as we've waited 20 years to have our own, our own building, our own space that would be ours. Um, I believe God is going to move with his presence there when we are there, to touch the community, to use us in ways that we can't imagine yet. Uh, and I believe we're going to see signs, wonders, God doing remarkable things in us on that location, the presence of the Lord, as well as out from there touching the world. And there's a few reasons why I believe that. But let me go back a bit, and I'm just a little bit of history here. I won't do this very often, but I wanted to fill you in a little bit more on, on the story. In the year 2000, when we first came up here, the Lord began to speak to me very clearly about there being a connection, because I hadn't been to Winston-Salem before. I grew up in Oregon, lived in Charlotte at the time. The Lord began speaking to me about planting a church in Winston-Salem. And I'd never even been here. And he started giving me dreams, as well as revealing to me, uh, just kind of highlighting as I was reading some of the history related to the Moravians and how they were really one of the, I would say, the purest groups, organizations of Christian of, of Christians, I think, in history, really, and, and their remarkable story, which I won't go through all of that. But they came to this area, purchased what was called the Wachovia Tract, 
100,000 acres, which is all of Forsyth County, and a little bit more, actually. They purchased all that, dedicated it to God, dedicated it to Jesus, and they came here with the purpose of reaching the lost, particularly the Native Americans. So they came here as an outreach. That's why they came to Bethabara, which is just a couple miles from here. That was their heart. As well, they had prayer going 24 hours a day for 100 years. 100 years, 24-hour-a-day prayer, this group of Moravians kept doing, and then they sent missionaries all over the world. When I work in Tanzania, which is where we work with Hydrating Humanity, there are 400,000 Moravians there as they've gone and um, shared the gospel there. And so the Lord began to really talk to me about these three ancient wells that the Moravians dug of worship, of prayer, and outreach that we were going to have a part in uncapping so that those waters would flow again. And so we came here, the Lord opened the doors for us to start, and that was a bit of the, I would say, kind of the spiritual heritage. And I've always uh, gone to Bethabara to sometimes seek the Lord and uh, read my Bible and just um, appreciating the beginning of this region, where it was the first area that was really uh, became a village, and then the city of Salem, and, and then Winston later. And then in 2007, after we moved up here, after we started the church, um, I found myself without a car and needed a new car. So I found this used car that I didn't like, but I felt like the Lord said, buy it, which was really odd. I've never had that experience before. I was another car I wanted better. I liked better. I wanted more. And, uh, but I felt like the Lord said, no, buy this car. So I bought it without liking it, which is really odd. I'm driving home, and I was just praying. I said, Lord, why... Why this car? And I, I just felt like the Lord's highlight what it was. It was an infinity. It was a used infinity. I-35. And the Lord said, I-35, Isaiah 35. It's a message. So I look up Isaiah 35, which I didn't know. And the first few verses, verse 1 through 8, says this. The wilderness and the desert will rejoice. The desert will shout for joy and blossom like the crocus. It will blossom profusely and rejoice with joy and jubilation. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord. They will see the glory of the Lord. The majesty of our God. Strengthen the exhausted. So then there's instruction. This is what's going to happen. You're going to see the glory of the Lord. And here's what I want you to do. Strengthen the exhausted. Make the feeble strong. Say to those with anxious heart, which is like the prophetic in many ways, take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. He'll do that. But he will save you. Then the eyes of those who are blind will be opened. So then this will happen after you strengthen and encourage. The eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of those who are deaf will be unstopped. I've seen that once in my life. I want to see more of it. Then those who limp will leap like a deer. The lame are going to begin being healed and leaping like a deer. And the tongue of those who cannot speak will shout for joy. For waters will burst forth in the wilderness, streams in the desert. The scorched land will become a pool and thirsty ground, springs of water. In the haunt of jackals, its resting place, grass becomes reeds and rushes. A highway will be there, a roadway. And it will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it. 
but it will be for the one who walks that way, and fools will not wander on it. Of course, this is a scripture speaking of Zion, but the Lord began speaking to me about this for Awake Church, for us, part of our calling to encourage people, to help the feeble, to heal people, and the Lord would do these things. So that was a scripture that I knew he was speaking to me about, and every time I drove that car, well, not every time, but most times I'm thinking, I was thinking about that often, about this, I'm driving this promise that the Lord has for awake and for the city. And then when we started looking seriously at the property, the address stood out to me, 3508 Yadkinville Road, Isaiah 35, one through eight, was both the address of the property and the, the really a promise or a something God had highlighted for our church. And so that made a lot of sense to me. And I believe he's going to do these things in us, through us, at this place. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. We were there with intercessors yesterday praying, breaking the curse off the land, dedicating it to the Lord, anointing the four corners with oil, walking the perimeter, and praying the promises of God over the land. So that's the beginning. We'll do some more when we all get to be in there. We'll dedicate it fully to the Lord. But I believe he's got some great things. Plus, it's right connected to Bethabara. The, the Bethabara Trail ends basically at the parking lot of this facility. And so that is some of the background to what's going on there and how God got us there. Let me tell you some of the progress so far since we purchased it. We've uh, repaired David Olinger and his family crew uh, are in the asphalt business. And so they have patched the parking lot. If you've ever drove through that parking lot, um, a few weeks ago, you needed a four-wheel drive vehicle. The potholes were horrible. And so all of them have been filled. A lot of the stuff, pavement has been um, torn out, repaired. We're not doing the whole parking lot yet. It does need to be done, but that's a quarter of a million dollars to resurface the whole parking lot. So we patched it for now. The roof, all of its patching on the roof will be done by tomorrow. So they've been working on it for a couple of weeks, and it's getting all sealed, which it, it needed it. The big building needs a new roof, but we can also, we're patching it, and we can wait a couple of years to get that replaced um, but it's, it's now dry, so which it was leaking throughout the whole building, even in the tenant spaces. So we now have got that all fixed. Um, pressure washing just started on the outside, and painting will begin here in the next week or so. So you're going to see huge changes. If you drive by there, it's going to look a whole lot different. The awnings are coming off. It's getting repainted, and I think it'll really stand out and look great. That's going on. And then we're um, signing contracts with existing tenants as well as obtaining a few newer tenants coming in, and we want more and more to, we want to have that building filled up for sure. And then the internal building plans are finalized, and now they're getting all the details worked out where engineering and everything else gets involved. So that's going to start moving forward. We'll start applying for permits. And then what will happen here in the next few months is we need to obtain loan number two. So loan number two is the upfitting loan, the loan to do all the stuff that needs to be done on the inside of the building where we're going to be, Awake Church. Um, everything so far was just for the purchase of it. Now we need to get a secondary loan to upfit it. So praying for that, praying for the right lender and all of that to work out. So that's, uh, that's the next thing. Now, um, most of what's being done there will be done by professionals, people in their trades. But there are a few things we can do as volunteers. And we could use some volunteer help. So... Um, at the end of July, the last Saturday in July, and the first Saturday in August, we're going to take two days to work on this. We'll see, hopefully we can get it done in that amount of time. 
If you've been by the building, you also see that the landscaping is in bad shape. There are huge, ugly bushes everywhere. There are trees that need trimmed, some trees that need taken out. There are trees that are dead around the side. There are trees blocking the signage. One of the complaints of the tenants uh, is that no one can see their signs because they're, they're huge trees. So we're going to do a lot of landscaping type stuff, bush removal, tree removal, planting stuff, bringing mulch in. And we can do that, a lot of that stuff. So I would like to ask if you would be interested in participating. Uh, please don't bring kids for that day because there'll be a lot going on. But if you could help with that, if you have chainsaws, if you have chipper, if you have stump grinder or trailers or anything like that, there are sign-up sheets at the Welcome Center, both for equipment and for bodies, to come and help out. We'd like to, we'll give you lunch, but we'd like to take those Saturdays and really start to beautify that place with the volunteer work that we can do before the other guys take over on the inside. So, that's something we can do, and I appreciate your help with that. All right. Okay, let me switch gears real quick. I want to leave you with this. Um, let me read a scripture to, to start out. It's 1 John 3, verse 1. Very well-known passage, beautiful. It says, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God, and such we are. See how such a great love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God, and such we are. That is, I've mentioned this many times, the greatest appellation, the greatest title that you could ever have as a child of God. What a great love the Father has for us that we would get to be called that. And that is something that we can not only enjoy, but be reminded of, I think of as we receive communion, that we are in a family, that you are a child of God. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of the difficulties you go through, you're a child of God. And that we have a, a great salvation and a joy about that salvation, that I have been saved. It's easy to not remember that and to move into all the other things that are going on and the swirl in life and the things that I need and all those things. But I have been saved. I have been saved. Everything has changed. God has done beyond what I could even imagine, and it happened before I was born, this great salvation, freedom from slavery, sin, darkness, I've been forgiven. I have a father who loves me. Just to even remember that is not only refreshing, but it's freeing. To recognize I'm a child of God. I, one of the things we do with Hydrating Humanity, which is this organization, it's a Christian organization that we drill wells in Africa. We provide hygiene education. We share the gospel. Here's what we do, though. We go into villages in East Africa, in Kenya and Tanzania, and we access water in the ground and bring it up. Here's the reality. The people there have been walking on top of water for thousands of years, but there's a layer of dirt in between and they didn't know how to access it. So they're drinking out of mud puddles and drinking disease water. And so then they have diseases and their children have diseases from what they've been drinking. Not, and it's basically out of ignorance, I would say which the Bible talks about that, right? 
And so what we do is go there and provide for them the invisible. We provide for them the real, what is really there, the real substance right under their feet they've been walking on for thousands of years. We bring it to the surface, and next thing you know, they're drinking clean water and their diseases are eliminated. The diseases are broken off of them by what they're drinking, that they have been walking on the whole time, but they didn't see it. And salvation is so very similar. It's available to every person on the planet. Everyone in the world has, can have salvation, but so many don't have access to it because it's invisible, it doesn't seem real, and they're walking under it. When Jesus... The Bible says before the foundation of the world, and it says while we were yet dead in our sins, he died for us. He paid for it before you and I breathed our first breath. Salvation was already prayed for, uh, excuse me, paid for and available and waiting for you to find. Isn't that incredible? And so throughout your life, there's the Spirit of God trying to woo you, chasing you, pursuing you, tracking you down. Shit, having, sending a Christian your way, having someone pray for you. And those prayers send the Spirit to woo your heart, to open your eyes, and as if it's kind of like a dead person waking up and then being in a completely different place. You and I were dead in our sins, and when Jesus revealed himself to us when the salvation and the what he calls living waters were revealed to us, then it's, it's like waking up in a brand new place and seeing the reality of what was real all along, but I couldn't see it before. The blinders have been gone from my eyes. And now I'm living and alive. This great salvation, now I get to be called a child of God. I'm no longer bound to sin I'm no longer trapped, I'm free, I am loved, and I am pursued by the God who created everything. And he pursued me way before I was interested in him. He pursued you way before you were interested in him. He tracked you down. Think of how you got saved. What made that happen? There's probably forces you don't even realize, people praying for you. My guess is nearly everyone in here had someone praying for them. Maybe not everybody, but so many times there was a mom or a grandma praying and something starts happening. The Lord starts to work and we're drawn to him. And then this great salvation we enter. I'm so grateful for, for that. Colossians 1, 13 says, for he rescued us. Seth mentioned this earlier. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The reality of our eternal salvation is the awakening reality of our lives. We like dead men waking up from a bad dream, but into a brand new world. Man, I've woken up from dreams many times and uh, you wake up and you look around and go, oh, thank God that that wasn't real. Well, the reverse happened for us. We were dead and then we woke up and the reality was a million times better than what we had been living. I could be forgiven. I could be free. I'm loved. There's purpose. There's a mission for my life. And I get to live eternally with God. The separation 
is no longer there. I'm now purchased by him, set free. And I have peace internally, which the world cannot have. There is no peace in the world. If you've lived in the world, you recognize that. There's no peace in the world. There's no freedom like the freedom internally that we have because of Jesus. You're bound to something. You're bound to sin. You're bound to darkness. But we've been transferred from one kingdom into a completely different kingdom. And yesterday I was just thinking about what has been done for us because there's been so much more done for us than has ever been done to us. Or anything that, we've been, that we're going through, so much more has been done for us. This great salvation, this fresh living water that we get to drink every day now, disease-free. The diseases in my heart, banished, vanished, gone because of what Jesus has done for us. Luke 10, after the disciples were sent out to heal, set free, kick demons out, they came back rejoicing. And Jesus said, you remember, Jesus said, don't rejoice in that, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven in the Lamb's book of life. Rejoice that the, about this, the joy of your salvation. You've been saved. Everything has changed. You're a new creature. All things are brand new, and you're an, you're an eternal being that now will live forever. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.